right, team. Welcome back to another episode of Minor Details. Hi. Oh my God, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I have like these in-ear monitors and he just yells into the mic and my ears are like... Hi. Yeah, that's how I introduce myself now. I'm mm. just going to yell at people just saying hi. All right, Cabbage Patch Kid. <laughs> no, I won't do it. Anyway, so today we're going to do something a little different. We're kind of uh, both going to choose two kind of, not really random, but... It's random. Not entirely thought out of ahead of time um, songs. And for whatever reason, we'll talk about them a little bit and just see where it goes from there. So Marcus is first at bat. And what you got for us, Marcus? Um, I chose an Eric Clapton song because I like Eric Clapton, but you I like don't Eric agree Clapton? with his views currently. Why do you like Eric Clapton? Why do I like him? Yeah. I mean, I like his music. I like how he plays, I guess. I don't like him as like... A lot of songs he's written, but a lot of songs he's, like, co-written with people. So, well, I don't know. I'm not, like, the biggest Eric Clapton fan. I just like this one particular song. He's, like, walking it back <laughs> with every second that passes. I like it. Well, you know. Well, I don't know. Like, now you got me thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, I picked this song because I've been rocking out to it. But a lot of, I'm not, I'm, like, half of his songs are good. I like the rock versions. You know, I like the rock versions. I like the um, the, the the rough stuff, I guess. The rough stuff. Yeah, I don't like the the melody songs he makes. Like um, what's one of them? I don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to justify whether you like him or you don't like him. I don't know. I love Eric Clapton, so I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the thing. It's like I'm not like crazy for him but i like this one song in particular be more because of the bass actually all right so let's like listen the to bass it. guitar really not eric clapton himself robbie robertson also wrote the music wrote the lyrics to this song and i'm not the biggest robbie robertson fan either because of what he did to the band but um i have no right. idea who that is so we got eric clapton what's the name of the song uh it's in the way that you use it i discovered this song on rick and morty because there's a episode, uh, I think it's the one where Morty um, keeps like going back in time. He has like a save point and like a checkpoint that he could like revert back to. And that's like one of the songs. It's like, um, and I think Dan Harmon has a good, pretty good sense of music too. He, he's chosen like pretty good music for community, um, Rick and Morty. That's really all I've really known him for. Do you know any other stuff he's done? I only know Community. Just play the song. And, and Rick and Morty. Just play the song. Okay. I like the horns. The bass player, he's um, he's he's a Chicago player, and he like what does did that rounds mean? with like Chicago bands like during the seventies. Like Chicago? Like Chicago music. Like, you <laughs> like, know, Chicago blues. Like Chicago. Yeah. I mean, you're a guitar player. You should know Chicago blues style. You know what I mean? I guess. What if I've never played the blues? You don't play the blues? Are you saying I'm a guitar player? I should know this. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? You should know, like, Chicago-esque blues style music. What if I've only ever played classical music? Then you just know classical music, I guess. I'm just messing with you. Oh. So let's listen to the song. 
It's a very like simple song. And this I think song, I, I heard a song. This song was made for a movie. Um, it's a Tom Cruise movie. Oh yeah. With um, I forgot the other actor, but it's about. I think the name of the movie is called Hustle, and it's about um, Tom Cruise. He's like an up and coming like a hustler, like a pool hustler or billiards hustler. And uh, what that entails is that he, you know, he pretends to play bad. And then he plays bets, and then he plays really good. He's got a nice phaser on on the solo right now. Yeah, I mean, Eric Clapton's good, but again, I like the bass in this song more. It's very dynamic. It's very jumpy, and it goes everywhere. It's like... The bass is very much in the background, though. You have to really listen for it. Like a bum, bum, bum. Yeah. But I feel like it's like a little bit louder than the bass drum. And Like really the, lo- the loudest thing. The, bass. the loudest thing is the, um, the horn section. Uh, the vocals, which are definitely compressed like crazy. Well, yeah, that makes sense. He, at so it's this like time, they're yelling, but it's not really that loud. I think this song came out in like the 80s. So like they were using all that stuff to the max, you know, all the compression and all that stuff. So because it was new, you know, I would imagine like around like newer technologies were coming around that time. I mean, depending, it depends on the, on the kind of like song you're playing. And like you're saying, this was made for a movie. This, 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 yeah, this is made for a movie. This is more commercial production. It's not like a jazz song or anything where you want the dynamics. No, no. Here, everything is kind of like at one volume. Everything is loudest. Wait, you said this was the remastered version, right? Yeah, this is remastered. Oh, uh, I bet you the original sounds different. Well, yeah, that's what I said beforehand, I think, that the original, like, probably had different levels than the remastered. Because yeah. he told me the remastered just... They just blasted like all the levels, I guess, for radio. Or yeah, you said. exactly. Like, ha- have you ever noticed when you're at um, when you're at a store and they have um, music on? How no matter how low it is, you can still hear it. It's loud as hell. Yeah, that's how it's designed to like be like as loud as possible. But you hear like the the synth in the background too. It was only there for like a little bit. The what? Like the keys. The synth? I thought they were pretty utilized well. Like that part. Like little synthy part. And then it just fades out. Yeah, I chose that song because I really like the bass in that song. I just kind of wish it was... um. Not the remastered version, I guess, because then you would be able to hear, like, the dynamics of the bass a little bit better. Yeah, and, I mean, don't start playing the other song yet. Let's, let's talk about it a little no, bit. No, I'm just looking it up right now. The, um, yeah, exactly. Like, especially if you, uh, depending on, on the kind of system you had, if we had, like, a subwoofer or something, you'd be able to hear it a lot better. But the song was nice. I liked it. It was, it was interesting. Um, I mean, I was never really a fan of Eric Clapton singing, to be honest. But he does have some some backup singers to. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was also talking about. Like I like his like sense of music direction, and that's what I like about Eric Clapton. He knows like what fits well in music. I just don't like 
the majority of other things like his I don't like his singing. I don't like his early 70s long winded solos. So that's like cream. That's like, um, no, that's my favorite era is cream. Yeah. I mean, I like cream. Don't get me wrong. I really like cream. Um, especially I like cream because I used to play, uh, the ginger Baker, you know, style drums all the time to practice because he's a great drummer in the sense of a like jazz drummer and rock drummer. But he would be, I would consider him more of a jazz drummer because he considered himself a jazz drummer. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, I, this is the period I kind of like Eric Clapton at this point. I, I, um, I think cocaine came out around the same time. So um, I don't remember if cocaine has like a really long winded solo. It, it's not coming to me right now. But as you heard in this song, he's kind of like at the point of his career at this point. Like he's like, I don't want to do these long winded guitar solos. He just had two of them. Well, <laughs> compared to Cream. You know, like Tales of Brave Ulysses, um, The White Room, you know, like think how long those guitar solos are, you know, yeah. like that's like half the songs. But it's also very different to me. It's like it's but this song came out in what, like the 80s? Yes. Whatever. Whenever Hustle came out. Yeah, it's it's a completely different time. Um, and the. Um, the group, the, the the group was kind of designed for that. You had three uh, in Cream. You had th- th- three people who who were like, who were kind of like the best of 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 their at least one of the best of 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 their of their instrument. And I, I feel like it was more designed as like this jazz super group. The Cream. The, yeah, Cream. Cream. cream because he's crop. not playing with Cream right now. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, trust yeah, me. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but but what I'm trying to say, like, this is a completely different band. The, 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 yeah, this is completely different. This is studio musicians. And, they're and I think one guitar player that he like is friends with. You and know? they're trying to make music for a movie. So and it's he very did, different. Like, yeah. And he didn't even write the lyrics. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so he, he, they're really just using his, using his name more, more than anything. Yeah. More, they're probably using his name more. But I like that this version of Eric Clapton because it's just a solid beat, you know? Like if, if you it, ask. It's just solid and good and tight. And I like that. Like I guarantee, if you asked Cream uh, back in like '67 to write an um an album for 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 a movie, it wouldn't be like their albums of that time. Yeah, it would be more like if you look at bands like Toto, like they did music for uh, yeah movies. I don't know. I think they did Tune Dune. They did the music for Dune. Right. Uh, Toto. Right. Um. Didn't Queen do a song for a movie i'm not oh, sure oh flash gordon flash gordon you know remember flash doo doo <laughs> that stuff yeah so i mean it, it depends on what you're doing it for so yeah so uh cream you know did have those long-winded solos and everything but they were kind of writing for themselves at the time and it was kind of music that was coming out at the time i mean like think hendrix like there were contemporaries with hendrix and and the dead and that's just was the style of the time yeah but then as soon as the band came out with their stuff changed all of their music i think eric clapton said when the band came out with music from the big pink he was like that was the moment i decided to leave creamer and like make my own solo career because he wanted to do music like the band which was like you know like not folk music but like, you know, incorporating the lyrics a part of like the song as a greater whole, you know, because 
if you look at like the white room, it's like, you know, the very like not complicated lyrics, you know, and they just repeat the same verse over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, this one, it was a little different. It still sounded the same, but, you know, like um, it was almost like a poem, this this song. Right. It's. um, It's not like meant to be like, a, I guess, like a whole philosophical thought or something like tales of brave ulysses like the whole yeah. traveling and well that's that thing that's how jack bruce was like he was more of 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 a poet i think so so yeah like those three didn't get along it's it's obvious that like they all wanted to go in different directions so the band wasn't gonna last well, yeah well, well that's for the best probably because then ginger baker made airplane which is pretty good i like airplane um then and but then Jack and then um no wait, who was in blind faith? I don't know. You don't but, know. But that was yeah, um that was Eric Clapton's band with I don't know who. Yeah, and Ginger Baker played drums on that too. So they probably kept coming back to each other to play with each other every once in a while. Yeah, I mean they just didn't want to be committed. You know, okay, well we have to be in this band and do this many albums. I'll jam with you, but I mean for I mean, <laughs> if I remember Ginger Baker always caused fights, so yeah, <laughs> I would imagine you wouldn't want to be around that. Yeah, and that would probably be bad for your instruments and your like men, uh, mentality. Yeah, absolutely, no, I agree. All right, can I get on to the next song now? Yes, please. All right, so the next song is a song I've been listening to uh, recently. It's part of the it's Steely Dan, and it's part of the Gacho album, and it's literally Gacho. It's the self titled album song. And I picked this one because, one, the beginning is really good. Just the beginning of the song, right? And how the drums come in, how everything... My favorite thing about Steely Dan is how they begin and how they end. Because it's always unique in some way. They always, like, try to change up the beginnings of their songs, you know? Yeah. And, and I respect that. But, um, all right, I'll play it now. He broke it. Oh, no. Nope, wrong this is song. the wrong song. There we go. My favorite thing about this horn is it's very... Is it sharp? Like, it's hard. It's very, like, high-pitched, but, like... I don't know how to put it. It's just, like... It's kind of sharp. It's not, like, muddled, you know? And it just cuts through, like... Like, gotcha. I can feel this in my being, you know? Gotcha. Especially well, I mean, this part. And then... Tight. That's tight. You know what I mean? That's like... Very good. It's very smooth. And I like how he uses the keys to, like make everything connected and like it's not going too far in the sense of like the beat is like going like it's it's just a very R&B type song very soulful it connects the the, 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 the rhythm yeah yeah and listen to the hi-hat where this like this guy's I don't know who the drummer is but like Hi-hat action is really good. 
believe it or not, this is, I would consider this a difficult song to learn on drums. A difficult song to play? Yeah, on drums. Because it's very like, you know, you're matching with the lyrics. I don't know if you noticed when they does the do-do-do-do, like, the bass is following the voice at that moment. And this is the best thing they did is brought in these like backup singers for this album because it's great. Yeah, it's the um, it's it's not the lyrics, but it's the um, I guess the um, movement, the, the the meter being used in the words. So like, there's emphasis. Yeah, and it, it fits with the beat. How they record those horns. If, if, if listen, like the, the whole band kind of really comes together on the pump. Yeah. Pump, pump. Everybody, there's, a, there's a pump to it. Everybody right now is like separate in their own recording thing, except for the horns. All the horns, like these two guys are like playing with each other right in front of the mic. That okay. was like a classic uh, jazz style of recording back in like, I, I think like the 20s or something. And they adopted that style. And it, sounds very natural and organic to me. That little bell. Yeah, you hear the bell, yeah. Oh no, they like cover everything. That's the thing with Steely Dan. They like cover everything. They like quantify like their music to add these little things. that hi-hat and I really like when people use a hi-hat almost like a melody you know like a melodic thing but like opening up hitting it lightly or and it's still keeping that beat you know every time they do these breakdowns or you know the bridges it's always centers yeah. comes back Absolutely. in an awesome way that's the groove that's what creates the groove yeah the funniest thing i read about a steely steely dan on like youtube comments is someone said oh the like 90% of Steely's Steely Dan songs start with this guy. Like this guy doing something, you know? Yeah. Which is really true. And then it kind of mimics the beginning. What is that effect on the guitar? That sounds really good. Hard to tell. I mean, that's the keys and, and the guitar playing at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's my two songs. Cool. One kind of... I would have picked other ones. I mean, if I really... We sat down and like really wanted to pick music that like you know 
reflect, I don't know, our current demeter on music or whatever. I would need like more time to think about. But those are the two I just been jamming out to, like working or like driving places. Yeah, true. Yeah, I love Stealing Dan, but I probably would have not never picked that song. Yeah, well, they got they got they got like um, but they're the, like, a lot of hit or misses, you know. But like, I feel like there's also songs, especially with Steely Dan, but like in bands in general, like there's some songs that you you hear for a few times and you're like, it's not bad. That at some point you start listening to it a lot and you start really looking into like little details and like, and then you start seeing like the yep. um, what what makes it a good song. You just explained like all of Steely Dan. That's yeah. like all a steely Dan to me because like when I, every time I first heard them, I never liked them. But then like what, what really did it for me is that when I started playing, when I stopped playing Led Zeppelin, when I stopped playing ACDC in terms of me playing drums, like me practicing at home, like I stopped listening to that. And then when I started listening to steely Dan and really started listening to the dynamics of the drums specifically, that's when I started really listening to them like in a like listening to all their albums and stuff gotcha because musically wise steely dan kind of like broke that barrier for me which i'm pretty sure a lot of musicians have where they just don't know where to progress in their musical ability right they're they, they either like keep listening to the same thing or their friends keep listening to the same thing and you just keep feeding each other this echo chamber stuff and that's how i felt for a long time with like you know rock music, Led Zeppelin, classic stuff, even some metal for a while. But then, again, I sat down, listened to that, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to play super fast. I don't need to do a shitload of fills. I don't need to be a master of triplets. All I need to do is just get the groove right. All I need to do is get the feeling right. Yeah, the heartbeat of the song. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Steely Dan taught me in terms of musical, like, stuff. Nice. Yeah. All right, so what you going to pick? Um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. This is from ABBA. Um, I don't listen to a lot of ABBA, tell you the truth. I don't listen to a lot of ABBA either, but I grew up listening to a lot of ABBA. Or rather, some of the earliest music I've ever heard in my life that I remember was, I would say, ABBA. Specifically ABBA in Spanish. Because they did have a, a, a lot of songs that they did in Spanish. Yeah, it sold really, really well in Latin America and South America. Um, I re- I remember listening to Santana for sure. Uh, My parents played some Santana too, not not the album too, but Santana comma as well too. Um, for sure, Bob Marley. I remember my brother had um, uh, the Whalers tape, um, Legend, mm. and I also remember. I think those are the earliest songs I remember. Like. That was just there, and it just like they caught into my ears. Oh, that and a bunch of old video game music, like Sonic and stuff like that. But if we were doing something like that, I would have changed like my music to like The Police or something, because that's all my mom listened to when I was young, and I didn't like it then. Now I really appreciate it because like um, Stuart Copeland is an amazing drummer. That he is, and I really like. He did an interview talking about beats, and he just said, you know, don't worry about like all this other stuff, as long as you just get a main beat going, that's all you need, you know? Absolutely. And I respect that. Respect that about him. He's great. And the basics are the most important thing. Everything is built from the basics. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So this song in particular, I I don't think a lot of people, 
that I've shown it to don't really remember this song or or, or 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 heard it. Maybe they have, but they just don't remember. But this song, for some reason, when I heard it, it just unlocked all these memories in me. Is ABBA disco? Uh, they definitely had a lot of disco. They were really big in disco. Yeah, that was their main thing, right? Yeah, but as you'll see for, 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 from this song, it, it, it kind of starts off, it feels more like a, a musical. Mm. But, um, I mean, the people writing for them, or if they were themselves writing, they were just really good at what they did. And the artists themselves were really good at what they did. So, anyway, this song, um, like I said, unlocked a lot of memories for me. Mm-hmm. And let's listen to it. There's just something about ABBA. When it starts, you just know it's ABBA. Listen yeah, to this it. sounds like a play. Listen to that. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry. The piano reminds me of a game called Bioshock Infinite. Because they use this like piano a lot. Like a lot in the game. So it's kind of like reminding me of that. So the music is the lyrics are basically about saying, um, "Thank you for the music, for the emotions they make me feel. Oh, they make so this life is like worth a living." Thankful song. Yeah. Uh. I want to give thank. Yeah, this is the ABBA sound, like right here. Oh yeah. This is it. Oh yeah. This is like, like, if you were to play this on the radio and I had like no clue, I would be like, you know, this sounds like ABBA. <laughs> No, they have they, they have, have a distinct that good sound. sound. Yeah, they have, they have a very sound. distinct sound. Now, is this the band, them speaking Spanish and singing? Yeah. Oh. So the, the, do they speak other languages? The, they're all from Sweden. Yeah. But um, they don't speak Spanish. They just sound like they do. Oh. <laughs> Somebody else I wrote the lyrics tell, for yeah. them. Yeah, you can't tell. I guess they just practice it, right? Yeah, and I believe the vowels in Swedish are, are very similar to Spanish. Oh. So as long as you got the vowels, like, Spanish is very based on those vowels. Yeah. It's part of the, what's it called? Like, romantic languages, right? Like one of Yeah, the, but Swedish isn't. Yeah, Swedish isn't. Yeah, okay. That, that, like, harpsichord-sounding thing sounded pretty cool. This sounds, yeah, now it's getting like disco-y, right? At the beginning it sounded like a play, now it's like, now you hear that like, uh, that that very distinct drumming. Yeah, it's pop. Yeah. It's, it's definitely pop. I probably won't play the whole thing, but... How long is it? Another minute or so or two. It just keeps repeating himself, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ABBA, they're all, like, great singers, you know? So it's like... can't really say much, because they're, it's, like, really good, you know? <laughs> the only thing I'm saying, I will say is I'm just not feeling disco at this particular moment, you know? But I do like disco. I do like disco. Which is like kind of late, so it's like kind of out of energy. <laughs> I really, I mean, yeah, like you, 
like you could play that song at a disco but like there are other songs sound a lot more disco yeah yeah no like, that's for sure like this is just more like a poppy song like a poppy theme like, yeah even, yeah to get out like to the audience and radio friendly and stuff exactly yeah they gotta make their money so then that's for my second song i don't know what i want to play i don't want to pay this song i can pick another one if you want no go away <laughs> all right you ready Well, all right. Starcha. Citizens of the universe. Recording Is this a Funkadelic? Parliament. 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 They're like related, right? Or like... Yeah. It's the... George Carlin? George Clinton. Clinton. So Funkadelic was their more rock-based thing. And yeah. Parliament is their more like... Funky. Funky. Yeah. Listen to the horns. So yeah, good. no. Funk horns. It's always really good. It's just me and the boys. Hit me. You gotta hit the band. So the reason I chose this song is because some of the other earlier music I, I, I remember listening to was Dr. Dre. My, my, I, I used to have my brother's all, all his cassette tapes. And Parliament was very much sampled by Dr. Dre. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I know that for sure. But I got to this song way longer after I heard it. But, but I, I, I love that. I love um, listening to the music where, where samples come from. Yeah. So much fun. No, that's, um, that's how I discovered one of my new favorite rap groups, Organized Confusion. Hold on, here it comes, here it comes. Not yet, not yet. What were they sampled then? Steely Dan stuff. Really? Yep. Wait, Steely, Steely Dan, oh no, oh, you mean organized confusion sample Steely? Steely Dan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of those too. That's I, a very I play as well. distinct. That. Doo doo. Doo doo. That. That's so distinct. Like, like for instance, right when you played the song, I was like, I immediately went to Parliament. I mean, uh, Funkadelic. But again, that's the the keys. I think his name is um. Oh, right here. Very smooth. I like how smooth they went to that transition. So this this line right here, swing down to the jury stop and let me ride. Dr. Dre basically wrote a whole song, not wrote, but took that line and made it into a whole song. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. rapped over it. <laughs> That's all it takes sometimes, man. Bernie Worrell. That's that's the keys. Bernie Worrell. Of Who's course. The bass player. Bootsy Collins. Bootsy Collins. William Earl Collins. It's always the it's the bass for me for a lot of funk songs. How I distinguish from different bands, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But so originally they were all um they oh, would hold do. Up, hold up, hold up, That part I love. So they were all originally uh, doo-wop singers in, in like yeah. in, in, the, in the '60s. So that's why so many of them can sing. Yeah. No, it's. It's just really. 
It's just me and the boys hit mess. You gotta hit the band. I like that little, the doo-doo. It's like rising up, you know? It's like a little step up type of thing. What are those triplets? And they're just playing the same shit again and again, but they keep varying it little and little, and it's just so funk. I really like how the guy like opens up the hi hat, lets it ring for just like the end of the phrasing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a nice extended open. Yeah. <laughs> what I like about funk songs is that all you need to remember in your mind as a drummer is like the stomp beat, you know, like yeah. this. That's what I like, really like about playing funk music is that it's like almost the true essence of just having fun on your instrument. I feel like funk comes a little bit more naturally than like jazz, you know? So like, I feel like when a lot of beginner people play, they like get introduced to funk maybe. Because funk is always fun to play. It's more fun, yeah, it's yeah. more fun. Because, like, literally, you could just have one dude, like, just doing this bass line. And just one, like, one drummer, you know, just keeping it up. And then you got, like, sauce. Yeah. Here it comes, here it comes. I like that when they do that in R&B songs. Like, if you hear the drums, he hits the tom-tom when he hits the snare. Mm. Listen. I heard it, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is so sick. Look at that bass. Yeah. It's just so low and just growls. That's the greatest thing about funk bass is that, like, slowed down, it sounds way better. You know? Like, I don't know what it is about funk. Like when you play it fast, it just it just sounds weird. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same. But when you play nice and slow and like a good pacing, it's like really like poppy. I mean, bubbly and like it gets you like in a good feeling. You know. Swing down, sweet chariot. Stop and let me ride. They're talking to a, a UFO. Swing down, sweet chariot. Stop. Oh, that's cool. Let me ride. It's like Apollo's chariot. Well, the, the whole thing is this is the mothership connection. So this is uh, like, that, that's the whole gimmick. They, 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 they would always have a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing one of their live shows like on uh, YouTube and they yeah. like came out of like a UFO thing. Yep, that was pretty cool. That was that same era. That must have been like, that must have been like top tier music concert going for like parliament, you know? If anything, they would always have something wacky or fun you know, going on on stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what made it a good show, you know? Yeah. The only thing I've ever seen in a concert that was kind of like that was when I went to see Rush. Mm. And I saw them twice. One, they had, like, chickens, rotisserie chickens in the background going. And then the other one, washing machines. Oh, man. And I found out the reason why they did that is because they get a lot of money to do this stuff. 
They're like, let's just help out the roadies. Or like, let's just <laughs> make food while we're like playing. That works. Yeah. Cool oh, dudes. Cool dudes. One of the best bands I saw live <laughs> that would always do crazy shows like that was, um, what's their name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh. Uh, where but, would they play? Like, where they play like big places, like the American arenas here? Oh yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're a big band. Um, but dude, dude, the dude would come out in in a huge bubble and literally walk on like on the crowd. That sounds so familiar. The Flaming Lips. Flaming. Why lips. couldn't I remember yeah, that? Yeah. And they always had great shows. Oh my god, like that's cool. Like st- stuff like that, where like it, it gets it gets the whole crowd involved. My friend recently saw Dr. Dog's like last show. Ah, oh, I wanted to go to that. And the last thing, the the like at the end, they they had like this cool guitar that like shot toilet paper at the audience. That's awesome. So like awesome. they were just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're only at thirty-seven minutes, and so we can play another couple songs. All right, can I pick one? No. Because now I know what to pick. Now I oh. actually incompetently am gonna pick something. Um, it's a song I've been listening to a lot lately. Talking to the mic. Uh, it's a song I've been listening to a lot lately. I, I might need just a second to find it. Because it's like kind of obscure. And now a word from our sponsors. Are you suffering fatigue? Indigestion? Acid reflux? Yes, this is the song. All right. I found it. Inter- Let me know when you're ready. interrupted my commercial. Sponsors are going to be mad. What sponsors? <laughs> Go ahead and hit play. Oh, this is the wrong one. Uh, because this is a two-parter song. All right, we'll start. do this one. We'll just do this one. This is a two-parter. But this is the police. And I listen figured. to the hi-hat. Listen to the... I can tell straight away from, from right the away. guitar is the yeah. police. <laughs> I, it's very 80s, too, you know? Like, that guitar sound is very 80s. But I love... Yeah, chorus. The thing I love about this group is, like... Okay, you got, like, Sting. And he could lay down pretty good lyrics, right? He could keep a solid bass. But the guitarist and the drummer are, like, what really makes the sound for this band, right? So just, for instance, like... Just listen to that drums. Like, Stuart Cooplin using, like, super crisp hi-hats. And then a super tight drum. And just those solid, just chords, you know? Nothing going crazy, but listen to how, like, fast-paced it kind of sounds. Just because of the bass. It's very simple, you know? Very simple, but this is like a very easy groove to just get into. And I love Stuart Copeland. This is like the drums that are like, I I would love to just touch, like this type of drum set. (laughs) He wants to touch your drums. Yes, I want to touch all the drums. There is a the breakdown is one of my favorite police breakdowns. Oh. It's like very it's like a stomp song but like it's very like precise. I don't know how to put it like. Yeah. Just that little ringy. 
I mean, that's a, that's a troll on the guitar. Uh, but then, but then, but then I also hear like a. I, I also heard like little like muted strings being uh, delayed. Oh. So that's yeah, that's his thing. He like if you see this guy play guitar, he's like all the way over, like doing all this stuff on yeah. the neck. But it does. It's not like him shredding. It's just him doing these weird chord open stuff. Yeah. And the drums just driving. It's so powerful. Since we're gonna do some eighties. Yeah. Some I think 80s I know. Action. I think I know what eighties song I'm gonna this pick. This is some dad rock night. <laughs> this is some dad rock. Oh. But again, this is a two-parter song. Oh, so sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I chose song. this second part. <laughs> I couldn't find the the other one that connected this. But this is already like three minutes long. Yeah, I know what band I'm gonna pick, but I don't know what song. See which one would be. Oh, I know exactly. What I'm pick. Okay. That's my favorite thing. Before you started, this is my favorite thing about the police. Is that like, for me, they always like broke the notion of one a standard beat and like a standard guitar solo or how a person approaches the guitar. They like brought it to this new dimension. I feel anyways, like those two dynamics, just Stuart Copeland and I, I don't remember the name of the guitarist, but Andy Rourke. No, not Andy, Andy Rourke. Rourke. No, 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 that's 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 a band I'm going to play. Sorry. Oh, OK. What's the guitarist name? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But amazing guitar player. Like talk about like a person who likes tones, you know, who likes playing around with just different tones. In the sense of like other songs, not like this Andy song in Summers. particular. I had the Andy, Andy Summers. Right. Okay. Andy Rourke. Andy Rourke. Andy Rourke is the basis for the song for the band I'm about to play. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll give you a choice. Do you want a more upbeat, dum, da, 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 or a more like low down? Low down. Well, okay. Well, I want to hear the low down. All right, here we go. Where did it go? Oh my god. What am I doing? I heard this before. Who is this? The Smiths. Oh, the Smiths. Oh, yeah. Dumper on the doorstep, girl. This is one bad that definitely flew under my radar. Oh, they're so good. For a while, yeah. And it's funny, I know people who are, like, really into the Smiths. But like, yeah, I just never took the time to sit down to like listen to them. That's good. You have the rest of your life. Oh yeah, to listen to them. I will say that the voice does match the tone of the song very well. I think that's a a, a, a tell of a good vocalist. He's almost like scatting. Yeah.
very chill, but like also sound. It's it's like kind of depressing, right? It's yeah. like the lyrics are kind of kind of sad. <laughs> but I get that's the point, you know. He he sounds like a person who's sad, I guess. You know, he's kind of wailing, wailing. You know, he's a and wailer. I like that. <laughs> he's you know? definitely it, a wailer. It's a, it's a good. It's a good thing. All right, but I want to listen to another song, so <laughs> I don't know which one, though. Is this almost done? I feel like another minute, but it's not going to change much. There's no breakdown or anything like that. Here we go. A little more upbeat. This is the upbeat one? No, that's not the one. I can hear it in my head. Oh, you handsome devil. There you go, handsome devil. I gotta hear it in my head. It's more like punkish, kind of. Yeah. You can tell with that drum. You know what I mean? It's like um, not so tight, kind of loose. You know what I mean? That's the truth. I do. I like the previous one a little bit more better, just only because I'm like in a, in a. I don't know if you notice, like a soul mood. You know, a, like yeah, somber music. mood. I got yeah. you. Let me see if I can find another. No, you can keep playing. I'm not saying it's not good. Oh, it stopped anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying I, I like I prefer the other one, but this one's good. Like they're they're both good, but I would prefer the the somber one because I'm just in that mood that that somber esque mood. Right, let's find. Then I, I'm gonna play some jazz then. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> okay, do you have a song you want to play? Um, off my head, uh, put in. Uh, let me see. I'm. I have to type this in. I have to like remember. You know, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, you ever like need to like write something to like spell it to like get it out of your mind or something? Like, if you're having, sometimes I have a hard time spelling something in my head. So I have to like get on my computer or like something. Just oh yeah, type it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. When someone asks me how to spell something, I sometimes have to the text it or something to see it. Or right now, when I try to remember the song, I had to sing it in my head to get the the lyric. All right, I don't know how you feel about this person, this uh -oh. individual. Don't tell me. But I really like this song in particular because it's a mix of South African and country, mm. American country and South African music. I hate it already. Oh, why? I'm kidding. <laughs> Got a problem with South Africa? Can you tell who this is? No. Oh, really? Damn. The bass player. He's using a fretless bass. And remember, this is country. The two players, the bassist and the guitar like the player, they're Southern, they're South African players. Yeah. And I hope this doesn't come off weird, but South African players, they're so like bright. They got like heart. You know what I mean? Like, listen to this guitar and bass. It's very, like, I don't know. It's got, like, something in it that's, like, special. You know, it's, like, sparkly or, or very uplifting. This is uh, Paul the Simon. Voice, I was going to say, the voice sounds familiar. Yeah, it's Paul Simon. And this is a country beat. Oh, uh, for sure. And then... 
Oh, well, I like That's that. what I'm talking about. The South African players. Ba -da -ba -da. They do these like fucking. They do these like crazy licks, but it sounds bright. You know what I mean? It sounds. It has like a fiery intensity. You know, like the passion behind it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice. It is. They definitely focus on 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 the rhythm more than the melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really like that bass too. I really like this player. He's like. I like those little plucky things. Are. It's like almost bluesy, right? But it, it doesn't sound bluesy. Like a bat bass. I love you know? that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good. It is. No, this is an expert and This is what I like. This is what. This is like a clash of two cultures coming at each other. You know, we got classic uh, uh, country s blues uh, drum beat, and we got two South African players just jamming over it. You know. There is a girl in New York City who calls herself a human trampoline. It always has a sense of like dancing, dance to it too. You know, it's like that instinctual need to dance. <laughs> and I think that's a really good clash between the South African and like the country music. You know, it's like like a perfect combination right there. Yeah, the bass is keeping really a beat. Yeah. It's like. It's almost like a conversation. That's how I'm feeling. Like the bass is doing something, then the guitar does something. They're just like talking to each other, you know? Yeah. I don't know what that is. You hear that? It could just be like someone blowing air into like a mic. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're hitting like something. Yeah. Something. Yeah, that's the thing. That's so weird. This, you should, we should like look up the music engineer for this whole album because he's the one that did like the reverse on, um, you can call me Al. If you remember the baseline for that. I have no idea what we're talking about. Oh man. Damn. Alright. Never mind. But yeah, that's Paul Simon. That was back in like the the eighties, I believe. It was during the apartheid in um South Africa. Mm -hmm. And I believe that was during like maybe the late seventies or early eighties. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, there's such an amazing 
amazing musician, amazing songwriter, obviously, coming from Simon and Garfunkel, you know? And um, just an amazing musician. Just, like, just knows what's right for his songs, I guess. I've been saying that a lot, but I really, too, feel like Paul Simon understands his own tone or his own limitations. He knows, like, what he's really good for and what other people could be, like, filled in for. And, like, he has that sixth sense as a musician, I think, where he could be like, you should play on this part or you should play on that part because you got this, you got this, so-and-so. Yeah, he's he's good at, at arranging. Arranging, and, yes. And, and using people's talents to the best. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But And he's, like, willing to go out and, like, experiment with his music, which I really like. His early stuff, it's very vocal. I mean, very uh, uh, folky. folky. Yeah, folky. But, like, it's unique. It's like he does, like, a twist on it. With either it's his guitar playing, he either adds these, like, cool little licks. Or it's, like, something with the harmonies of the voice. They do interesting things. And, in fact, my favorite Paul Simon song is Under the African Skies. And it's because of the guitar part. Literally, the guitar part always gets me for that song. It always, like, pulls me back into the song. And it's one of those songs where I can't, if I hear a little bit of it, I cannot finish it. <laughs> like, so I have to finish it for myself. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else? No, I mean, we're already reaching the 54-minute mark, so I think we should just uh, bring it in. But that was fun. I mean, I I, yeah. I definitely want to do it again. But next time, let's not tell each other what songs are going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess so. And then just kind of like guess or something. I mean, we kind of did that. I guess Parliament. Yeah. You guessed. You didn't guess. I guessed the, the police. The police. Yeah. 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 I, well, I, I had it well, in my head. Well, you didn't guess it. You just heard it. And you were like, I know this is the police. Yeah. Because this is, this is their sound. Exactly. Which is the hallmark of a great band, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says it's cheap or cheesy or whatever. If they play something, like if they just play a chord and then you immediately recognize them, they're doing their their shit right. Yeah, I guess. You know, that definitely helps. Um That's it. All right, cool. So good night. Do you have any uh, c- cooking tips for us or um I recently made pasta. Um the only tip I got for that is you just got to make sure your like water is very salty because uh, I've I've seen people cook pasta before and they only put like a little bit of salt and like, no, you got to like literally salt the water until it's like salt water. Why? Because like first it helps with boiling the water because when you add salt, it you lowers. Raise, oh, I thought it raised the temperature. No, no. Um, I don't know. It lowers like the boiling point or gotcha, something. Okay. Yeah, that, I think that's what I'm not a physicist i'm not like a scientist so i'm not a hundred percent on that right but the most important thing is you want to take a little bit of the pasta water right just a little bit you don't want to like you want to salt your sauce obviously if you're making red sauce which i did the other night um but you really want to use the salty pasta water you don't have to use a whole lot of it like maybe like a like a not like half a cup I would even say a little bit less than half a cup, like um, one fourth a cup. And like um, it just it just adds the right flavors to the pasta sauce itself. So that's my recommendation. Make sure your pasta water is very heavily salted. 
How do you make your uh, your red sauce? Oh, my red sauce? Oh, you want like? Well, it, I mean, it's it's it takes like three hours. Um. So 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 so, so you actually cooked um the tomatoes? No, words. no, I use canned stuff. You oh. see, I um. So you're not making a red sauce. <laughs> well, like, yeah, because like the tomatoes come like not cooked. Oh, okay, okay, I understand. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm using canned. I'm like canned sauce. I'm using canned tomatoes. Understood. And they're just, you know, the ingredients and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to like peel that shit. I did do that though, because I I use I like to use a mixture of like somewhat of two tomatoes or at least one tomato in my sauce. Like one I buy at like a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And for that I do like a quick blanch and then shock it in cold water and then peel the skin. And then all I do is just cut it into like uh, squares and just add it into the sauce. So then it just dissolves into the sauce. Yeah. Now you don't, I don't have to do that because I'm already putting um, canned tomatoes, like unpeeled tomatoes and stuff. Just for me, I just like having at least one or two fresh tomatoes in there. I mean, if you only got two tomatoes, you can still make a sauce. You can make like one pot sauce, which is like all you do is, um, you just cut up your tomato, right? With or without skin, you primarily want it without skin because skin, the skin of a tomato is very like, uh, like almost stretchy and plasticky. Yeah. So, and if you ever notice, if you ever like cook a tomato, like a full tomato with the skin in a sauce, what happens with the skin is that it doesn't dissolve. Yeah, it because, just kind of like hangs around. And it, it <laughs> twirls around. It like yeah. makes a little twirly thing. And I hate when I eat my sauce and I get like a little bit of that twirly little fucking sluggy fucking shit <laughs> gotcha and then do you ever add like oils or, or butter or anything to your pasta no no i add a tiny bit of olive oil just to just to saute onions and garlic that's it i don't heavily oil my shit i put a tiny bit of sh the, the worst i do is like i put a tiny bit of sugar you know but i put of course you put oregano and basil I put that near the end too. I don't. I don't usually put it like in the sauce while it's cooking, because what happens is that it will like burn the the herbs, right? And it won't smell as fresh. You won't get that nice Italian fucking basil up your fucking nose, you know? <laughs> like, that, so you save it for the end. Gotcha. Save all that. Save. But, like, you do want to season your sauce every little bit, like, you know, salt and pepper. Just taste it a little bit. Get it to what you want. You can also use crushed red pepper, too. That's a Italian seasoning, and it makes it a little bit spicy. And one more thing. Um, always scum. Like, always get the top layer of scum from your uh, sauce. Okay. Because that's, like, the fats and oils rising up. Because mm. when you, you know, when you cook stuff with that has liquid in it it separates, separates. Yeah. yeah so you want to like just take a spoon and just lightly dip the very top and just slowly come down get a cup and just pour that in there and just fucking get rid of it because that is just oil and fats oh but it's so good it's all the flavor is no no not for not for sauce like if you're <laughs> doing a keto diet and you want to fucking have like a very irony tasting sauce like you go for it irony know? yeah that's what it does it makes it very irony like yeah when you mix if you mix the fats and the oil in together with the sauce uh -huh. it's gonna give it like a very like huh. intense taste 
what I want in my sauce is not intensity, like the intense acid flavors. I want like a mixture of like a little sugar. It's like a little tiny sweet. So it counteracts the uh, the acid, the acidity of the uh, tomatoes. And you just want the tomato taste. You don't want like the acidity, like that part of the taste. Gotcha. But yeah, that's that's all. That's the cooking I really tip. like, yeah, that I really like a red sauce. It takes, but to make good sauce, it has to be a minimum two hours cooking time. On first, you put it on like medium heat, saute the onions. Then you add all the uh, tomato stuff. And then you put that on like a low simmer or a medium simmer. And then you get it boiling and then you put it low. And it's low and slow because you want the flavors to mix together. You don't want it to blast them. You don't want to blast the heat on it because then you're like, you're like quickly trying to cook everything, you know, and it just won't, it just won't combine right. And plus, if you do it on a high heat and it starts boiling, it won't give you enough time to do the scumming, as I said. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Bread sauce. Well, there you go. From, yeah. from your Chef Marcus. The cooking tip of the day. And with that, we bid you good night for joining us. Bye.